Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Oh, Zip Zap Zap is just perfect for, I mean, it's one of the best improv games ever because you, you, everyone's got to be aware. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's totally an improv game. Uh, you can, because you pull it off in non-acting. I've pulled it off in non-acting places. It's like you're getting into that, that sort of Bruce Lee mode where you're just going, you know, you're all just trying to like harmonize. And I think that's what was so amazing with the, the Balm and Gilead uh, play that you put together. In addition to making us clap every time we did our lines, so everyone had this like awareness of the energy that was going around and trying to, you know, harmonize in that reality. I'm curious about with that, did you did you did was that something you created on the spot? Or did you think about doing that? Like I'm imagining I made it all either up. you had a for the most part. Okay, so um, each day for the rehearsals you kinda of made up at that moment. I had a general and you just went with it. idea of um the I knew I wanted everything to move in a circle um, before we started rehearsals, but that was about it. Like, I had this sense that everything should be always circular. Um, beyond that, I, not too long back, read The Empty Space by Peter Brook, where he talked about um, coming into a theater when he was very young and inexperienced and being around people that had more experience and simply pretending he knew what he was doing. Um, I found that I was able to do experiments, I guess you might say, um, or create games on the spot because they would eventually lead to... uh, some nugget, something, something good. And, and so you were willing to believe it in out. Well, everyone else was willing to believe in it. Um, and it kept ha- working. That's the thing. If it hadn't worked... So everyone the, was willing to agree with the, the way well, you they all thought wanted I, to sail the ship. Yeah, everyone thought that I had a plan. Yeah. Because it always led to somewhere good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my only, like, on-purpose plan in that in those moments um, was paying really close attention once I put something in motion for the nugget because they're easy to miss. Mm. In fact, I think if you can get any group to do something that seems nonsensical at first long enough and pay close enough attention, you'll see things emerge that you'd otherwise miss. Yeah. And we build on those. And we had time to build on those. Um, And I think I've told you before that I hadn't read the script when I asked Sheldon if I could do it. I simply knew that it took place in New York City in the 60s, that um, it was about uh, heroin addicts, and that there were like 20 people in it. And that was enough for me. Where did that information come um, to you from? I had a very hard time reading the script because it had 20 people talking all at once. Um, I didn't read the script at all until the whole production was over from beginning what? to end. Yeah. What? I didn't have to. What? You all so wait, constantly. So this I, is beautiful. Um, so you, you were just directing one scene at a time and leading the, it to the next scene? Well, I mean, I, we had a read-through the first day, so yeah. I heard it from beginning to end, you know. Um, this is amazing to hear this process. This is astounding. <laughs> so you're just directing one chunk at a time and just trusting this, the whole thing would just unfold. You didn't know foreshadowing. You didn't know... No, um, all, all of that... And you couldn't do this with every play. Balm and Gilead in particular was a play that, that worked with because the characters... Because there's so many of them, there's only room page room for so much. Yeah. And the the what is there is so human that because everyone even though in the script isn't on stage, you know, as far as dialogue goes, you know, when you see it on the page it looks like you don't see a character for 15, 20 pages, but that's not true. Because everyone's on stage at once. They're all doing something. Right, so reading the script 
is with Balm and Gilead is so far from the play itself that it it engenders that you how anyone would have a plan for that play in advance um, and not cut themselves off from something better is beyond me you you have a play where you've got 20 artistic collaborators you know that you're responsible uh, for it to the degree that you need to make sure there's an atmosphere that they can bring out their best and feel comfortable mm -hmm. until they get to their best um, and that often means feeling comfortable with their worst in front of others yeah yeah feeling and feeling it, okay and free to just be in their element yeah and it's somewhat of a stereotype to say something like that when you're directing but there are times when it actually turns out to be true um and because you're free to doing, cartwheel you're free to do dive rolls you're free to really crazily experiment because you know whatever someone's given you you're just going to help well everyone had to have a reality that they believed in, to the degree that they had to be on stage for two hours, other than wiping one scene uh, that yeah. acts like a bridge in, in the middle of the play where we cut to the hotel room with the two leads. But everyone was at any particular moment likely to be stared at or watched. Mm -hmm. And everyone was else who was on stage with them had to depend on their, keeping them keeping their reality. Yeah. Um, that was part of why the ensemble, I think, was so tight was because it's a lot of exposure um, to be on stage and have nothing to do except be. Because you didn't want to do something when you were going to draw attention away from what we all wanted the audience to pay attention to at that moment. Because everyone's moment, for the most part, um, and even Darlene, who has that 20-minute monologue, you remove that monologue, and um, they're still, even the lead characters are pretty close to... Uh, the level of, say, dialogue, because you, you have very little else to judge in that play, because it's lots, you know, it's talking, talking, talking. Um, that you had to, you had to have rehearsals where people could become the character that they were playing. It doesn't work for every play, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but if you're not going to be actively going after your want and you are on stage. And you don't want to pull focus, then you're going to have to just be your character. Mm -hmm. And everyone yeah. is scared of being on stage with nothing to do. Of course you are, you know. Um, so there were a lot so of it leaves reasons. You freedom to yeah. find ways there to do so sort many of reasons occupied. that that play worked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if everyone's willing to, you know, pull more encouragement from each one. But yeah, I never read person it to... until yeah. In fact, yeah, until it was over. So okay, so take me through the process of. How did you actually hear about this? I think Sheldon talked about it. Thank you. Like in a class? A class, learning hmm. about a monologue that William Metcalf had done where she picked her nose all the way through it. And, as a, and it was a 20-minute monologue. And he um, wanted to kill her for it. It drove him insane. And he was friends with William Metcalf. Um, he, oh, so for that... that that he, uh, production... Because he had, was the one that directed all of them in the early Steppenwolf productions. Um, Did he do Balm and Gilead? Gary Sinise directed Balm and Gilead, the one that was the big... And that was the big Steppenwolf play that got them attention outside of Chicago. And so that was the Steppenwolf play that actually made Steppenwolf Steppenwolf in the sense that we thought about it later. Aha. Uh -huh. During their, like, True West and... Was Malkovich in, uh, entering we, this? Was he, he there? Kind he of was there... Uh, Sinise was there. Uh, Metcalf was there. Oh, my God. Thank you. Ha. Thank you. Um, I think Sheldon, I'm pretty sure this is right, um, had directed them. They built a stage in a church in Highland Park. That was their first stage. Thank you. Sinise, I think, brought Malkovich up from, he was going to school at the University of Illinois at the time, to Highland Park to help him build this stage. Malkovich had tried out for a play 
he was uh, he was at the University of Illinois on a football scholarship, and he had tried out for a play because he liked a girl, which is not uncommon. Um, but he had a very there was something about his he, it was thought that he had a speech impediment. Um, Who had the speech impediment? Well, either either Malkovich thought he had one or his teachers did. Oh, gotcha. It was one or the other, but I don't think it was both. Um, and so he was very shy about the whole thing. Um, and then they came up and built that stage, and then it, they just went wild and did whatever they wanted. And within a church? Yeah, it was in it was uh, it was uh, it was within a church when it started. Uh, I think it was Highland Park. Yeah, but I wasn't there. I wasn't born yet. Um, and so Sheldon was helping them out during those times? Yeah, so he was friends with Laurie Metcalf. And so I found out that Laurie Metcalf had done this booger scene and was curious about the booger scene. And I'd been the re- booger scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, with the 20-minute um, monologue. There was a 20-minute monologue in Bowman Gilead. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf from Roxanne, which is so crazy. the monologue to think. in 1980 in New York City. Um, and Gary Sinise directed the production. And Sheldon came in to give them notes. And he found the monologue so distracting. And so I'd heard of Bob and Gilead, and that was how I'd heard of it. But that didn't Incredible. make me want to direct it. Um, that was just interesting. Yeah. But I was, yeah. you know, I was very obsessed with the origin stories of, like, Steppenwolf and the origin stories of Sam Shepard and, you know, all mm. of this sort of radical theater. And I was also really into the beats, and so mm. I was reading a lot about the 60s New York. So when I heard of all of these things in this yeah. play, I thought, I want to direct this. And it had 20 people, and I was a, you know, it's not, it can't be totally. I mean, that's <laughs> daring. I like to, you know, show off. When I, I like to fly by yeah. the seat of yeah. my pants. And um, so I wanted, I, and, I, and I like big things, like. In the sense that I like driving in LA, but I don't. Like it's like a challenge, huh? Well, it's more comfortable somehow because the risk is worth the reward more, right? That's awesome. Because if you're gonna die what with two lanes, doing yeah, it. But if you're gonna die with six lanes on your way to, uh, yeah, you know, Sony, you know, uh, or something that's, you know, if you're gonna put it all on black, might as well. And while that the sounds a little, life, you know, a little cars. narrow, you have to think about it from the sense of, in Chicago. There was only a few places you would work if you were at all creative and get paid. Where were those? Um, Steppenwolf was one of them. So you can see how few people would about Goodman Theater? Um, the Goodman Theater was another one. Ah. Um, another one that what? Where you could get another paid. Another one that might just stop. But for the most part... Another uh, the- um, theater. So that's what makes uh, the reward larger. Because yeah. it's, mm-hmm. people don't understand the difference between... Opportunity being outside. Well, the victory is great. It's like, go go and get the dragon way up in those mountains. and Being outside in two places. You know. And, Hi, baby. Uh, not that there aren't other kinds of opportunity, but you have to make money. Okay, now, in addition to that, take me through the process of... So I brought it to How you even came yeah. across the characters, how you even... Like, I'm trying to think about how minimalistic your information was during the process of this. Like, well, I like know I said, how... we had a read-through on the very first rehearsal. We mm-hmm. had probably had two. Are we still talking about Bomb and Gilead? Yeah, I'm trying to learn about the intricacies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want us to change the subject? No, I, I wanted to make sure I'm following. Yeah, yeah. And I would mean, actually love just... to read it. I'm fascinated by it, because yeah. I've I heard some it. of these stories before, but yeah. it's just interesting. Uh, it's crazy. It's like, a, it's, you know, it's like a Bukowski uh, play or something. I wish you could have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I just said, hey, Sheldon, I want to direct this, and I want to direct it over the break, um, and I want to direct it as an... In- there was some reason that I, I couldn't direct it as a directing project, so I somehow maneuvered that, even though it was... No, wait, I'm sorry, I take that back. That was a totally different piece. Uh, that tied into this somehow, but never mind. So Balm and Gilead, I, I, I got him to let me direct it over the holiday break, and he said, well, you, yeah, you can guys can come in, because the guard was there, John the guard, I don't know if you remember John. And um, Was he there for the read-through? No, he was always in the hallway. He thought we were a bunch of weirdos, but he was the reason we could get in the building, because John was always working. Oh, oh, you know? oh, mm, mm. 
And um, but he did come to see the show. Oh, that's great! He we were all so nuts. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the the crowds, the what? The standing crowds, like all the way down the hall. Really? Out to, yeah, really? on the Wabash by the second performance because, <laughs> and not because it was. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, you got to see it!" But they might have been. But, oh my God, I'm but so unaware. Because of that there awesome were twenty aspect. people in it, and if everybody, and there were only like what forty seats in the theater. So, you know, I mean, every performance is going to be a sellout because you've got, you've got 20 Oh, my people, God, that theater right? was perfect so for experimentation. I love that theater for experimentation. It was so good. It was Remember, so good. So, yeah, so I said, mm -hmm. I want to do this play. He said, you know, okay. Um, he probably said, have you read it? And I probably said yes. <laughs> um, and... He didn't ask you specifics? Knew it had 20 characters in it. I knew no, it had 20 characters. I knew it took place in New York in the 60s. I knew. So he didn't ask you too many questions, like, what's the main character's name? No, show or like, what? Not at that point. I oh. think I'd done a couple things. And oh, I love it. If anyone Dueling was crazy Sheldon's enough. <laughs> and Sheldon, Sheldon wanted, I think, wanted someone to do it. Mm. And he had said the reason no one could is because you just wouldn't have the time, mm. um, which is. And so I had a strategy. I don't remember all the details, but it wasn't like it wasn't like I just I'm gonna do Ball and Gilead. It was um, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And it was floating around up there, and then something hit. Um, and it was probably that I realized you could do everything in a circle, and I didn't even know what that meant, but that was what it was. In uh, a circle. What so does that mean? it means that you want to keep things moving. Oh, it's there's interesting. A, there's a there's a line in the. Um, what, uh, I did read the first. I read here and there. I just didn't read the beginning. You know, in Pulp Fiction, it, it like it, it it swings itself back I don't around. I know that's what I was thinking. Like, it kicks circular. itself in the ass. Well, someone actually talks about in the play how life just repeats itself. It's oh. about fate and destiny. Ultimately. It feels like a Twilight Zone episode too. Uh, I mean, a really because you don't go back and forth in time, but you do. It's like a flashback. The or something. Same. There is a flashback in the middle, but. But the circular thing comes from the fact that even though you just go forward in time, um, you repeat the same things happen, right? Um, meaning, like I'm like let's say you're a person who even when they have the video in their bag and they walk right by the video store, you don't even have to go in. There's a slot where you could put it. Doesn't put the video in, and you don't know why, and then you have to pay the light fees. Let's say you're mm. that person, mm. and let's say that you tell yourself you're not going to be that person. And then the next day, you don't Jimmy put it Lee. in the slot. Look at the cat. What about it? He was, like, pulling at his claw. And, like, I was wondering if maybe he's trying to, like... Well, I thought you were shooting a laser at him. Maybe. I thought it was... Like, if you distract him with the laser, he won't pull on his claw anymore. <laughs> like, hey, what's that? That was a really weird thing he was doing. I'll take another look. Did you, see how did you come across the characters and what they did? Did you have to read through first, and then you and then you looked at the characters, and then you go, "Oh, There's this a would character be a list." I think here, Wilson had like a um, one sentence description, maybe even because there were so many of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be like kid, heroin addict. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't know the specific things they were. Yeah, uh, Darlene, and it was a girl from the Midwest, but it might have been. Um, and you could tell he wasn't from the Midwest and everyone else knew because he gets the streets in Chicago wrong. Remember that? We realized that he's talking about the direction the streets run. Oh. And then we found out it was like a thing that people had noticed before. I broke the wall. Remember the breaking of the wall? Oh, 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 oh. Everyone swear that... Who broke the wall? I told someone to throw their coffee mug because um, I was also always destroying the cheap props, if you remember, right? <laughs> That's where the whole budget was. We had a $50 budget, and it was all, like, for anything that I could spend was going to be spent on the same thing that we could break in every performance. Oh. Uh, yeah, I heard the same thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because it always be the audience. That's awesome. Oh, you know? my God. Um, breaking shit and food makes people go crazy, and I knew that early. So oh, that's right. Didn't you grill up food back there, or no? Did you do that? At some point, oh, we cooked some He shit. had this guy named Teddy who was like this gypsy. Oh, God, Teddy! I and forgot Teddy about Teddy. I added to would this. sing, There is a bomb and Gilead. I had him in full, like, drag, like this golden, right? Yeah. And, and Jamie Lee wanted wanted Teddy. He was weird. Teddy was, Teddy was from, Teddy was a voodoo, let's say a voodoo child, okay, um, from Louisiana. And, and Jamie Lee I goes, I don't even know what that I means. Won. Well, basically, I'm not sure. I don't 
around either. They, they, they knew voodoo, so he basically said, I want you to, to like summon a demon on stage mm. during a performance. Use your voodoo magic. And he's like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. But he was like, wait a second. Are you telling me you have the capabilities to be able to do that? Like, Johnny? Like, I just imagine if Jigley had pushed him further, he would have been like... Was this during the acid performance or no? Oh, it might have been. Who knows? No, okay, first of all, there was an acid awesome. performance. Oh, it was during a rehearsal. There was an acid read through. That was neat. I remember at, at, at certain elements of the day you'd. you'd uh, Whatever, you know what I mean. Um, well. That's, that's like you the cool. Have to get so well, that's like the that's like the electric Kool Aid acid. We're recording. <laughs> yeah. That's like the. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did not. For my future generations. Oh no. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, no, nothing's happening. I can I don't always want to edit be stuff. I a thousand person podcast. <laughs> this, this is not really. I'm gonna edit out your yeah, part if you don't want. There's no issue. I could just you know edit. I didn't and it's like you never even entered well. the building. Yeah. But I realized what's great about it is um, everything we know about people from the past. Um, we know because there was always one person in the group, especially mm-hmm. when it came to the beats. It was Ginsburg, who chronicalized everything. Um, and about two yeah, years ago, soul jelly about a year ago, I came across a recording of us from that first month when I was in um, North Hollywood, and it made me laugh so fucking hard, okay? And, um, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. I told you, yeah, yeah, and... Because um, what's beautiful is, like, any of this stuff could just be I was be so grateful personal. that you had done that. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, hear, my God, thank God. It'd be great to recreate that. Or animate it, right? If we get someone to animate no, that sequence. No, it'd be great to recreate it. I don't think you could get the comic timing down if you animated it. But you could recreate it. Well, you know how they do that with podcasts? They'll, they'll, they'll animate it. Like, they, they've... Uh, is it Ricky Gervais one? If they'd heard it once, unanimated, mm-hmm. then that you could animate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be good. But dude, thing. it's yeah. so funny because you can always use an alias. Mm-hmm. That's what's so funny. It's like I'll be near people and, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm recording right now, and like, oh, you know, and and I'll notice them back away. Like tonight, I, there was like three those three girls, and I'm like, oh, do you want me to interview? And the girls like, no, it was just like scared. And like, look, you can use an alias. Like you're told, it's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Like this is the mm-hmm. time to be. Like, like, turn turn off the guardrails and just go, yeah, go freaking crazy. It's audio. You could be whatever the hell you want, and anything is is an extraordinary. You could be like, and I'm a, and I'm the magical fairy of fairy kingdom, you know. And you're just like, wow, look who just entered the building. <laughs> and it's like anything that's said can always become some other character that just entered the room. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, that was, uh, you know, G- uh, Eunice, who lives next door, you know. Mm-hmm. That was Eunice, who lives next door. She's always peeking her head in the window. <laughs> you know? My pregnant wife, Irma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Eunice, Orson huh? Welles. I've been going down the deep rabbit hole of Orson Welles lately, and, you know, and all the crazy stuff he did with War of the Worlds. And, man, that guy was just such a fun audio prankster. And so... So Teddy. Uh, yeah, Teddy. Teddy could apparently conjure demons. <laughs> you, I think if you some new things about Teddy, I don't know. You know them all. I didn't know them all. No, I just know he, he, um, he could conjure demons. And see, I met Teddy well. in one of the two places I met most people. It was either in the Harrison Snack Shop or the basement of the theater building. In the basement of the theater building is where I met him. That's great. Um, which is where everyone met him. Which is where he always seemed to be, but no one noticed that at the time. No, you know right. why? He, he was always, always there, there, too. He was always there. You're right. Because the only one who knew there. that Teddy wasn't yeah. really a student for the year and a half that he was at Columbia what? was Sheldon. He's and a- finally, Sheldon, and, and he let Teddy be in plays. Teddy was not enrolled. A what? Yeah. This is incredible. This is incredible. Yeah. He would just show up. He would just. Like, he was, he was one, one of the students. Was there. Like, maybe it was the first day of school. I do remember this. The other thing about Teddy, Teddy lied all the time. Oh all the time. Oh, my God. All the time. That's actually... All the time. Oh, my God. This is crazy. You're what opening is he doing up a now? whole I don't know. Brain. I hope he's good. I love Teddy. Teddy. He never lied for personal gain, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was just... When you hear okay, that so term, what is that term? Uh, the psychological term, when someone lies all the time. Pathological. pathological. He was actually a pathological liar. He was the only one I think I've ever met. But he lied about everything. He lied about how he had, like, done a performance as a cat with twenty cats, and the cats were trained, and and he would and he, he lied about everything, and and, and, and he believed it, right? And and and, and 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 you believed it sort of, except that it didn't make any fucking sense. Who would train twenty cats to dance with Teddy? And I mean, and I, I think I remember hearing that one. Yeah. 
And Teddy, though, yeah. was also really likable, and he yeah. had a great voice, and he was enthusiastic, <laughs> and he was perfect for that. That Aria oh, awesome, that I put dude. in, right? Didn't I just cut yourself into this theater community and just like never answer, have to answer any questions. You could always just roll your way out of the. I mean, especially They're so if you're kind of genius. Oh my God, that's mm-hmm. wow! What a what a wonderful way to to play with life. To you know, I mean, that was his cartoon a video game. Apparently, we were all just video game characters. I mean, it's interesting because you'll get all of the life experience, but you won't get the degree. Wow, that is so, so true. was it for personal gain, or was it just for fun? Like, uh, pathological liar, to me, implies kind of ill will. No, like but that's what I'm saying. Not pathological. That's yeah, what would be a good word for that? A, that, uh, is a, that is a good intentional word. intentional logical? I mean, he's... <laughs> he, 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 no. logical. We'll put that one in the parking lot. Imagin- imaginal- <laughs> well, imaginical with the caveat that... I believe pathological is the correct word for someone who is simply can't help themselves. What do you think was the root of that? I don't know. I don't know anything about Teddy. That's the thing because everything he had so many stories. I don't know which one was true. I just remember he, he was um, wearing sort of like this turban, a gold type thing. There were certain <laughs> and, and like this. Certainly, he was just like this flowing, like this like golden entity. You know, oh, when he floats on stage, basically. <laughs> oh well, my god, he was great. He did. It was like he was the angel of of the of the. He it was like the herald, you know, bringing the message. You know, like the 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 role of the credits of of uh, of Star Wars. It was like he was like there when, is when did that a bomb in Gilead. I want to say no. it was the beginning of it, right? Wasn't it? Well, the beginning was the rattling and rumbling. I think I would have interjected... Did we start with his singing and then rattling and rumbling? Or did we start with rattling and rumbling? Oh, maybe he was inserted in the middle somewhere. I think he would have come uh, in like in a place that would have Joe dies? The maybe when Joe dies? Oh, when Joe dies, maybe yes. that's what it was. Because um, it was like the funeral procession. That was Gabriel. Or at the time, Todd Schmerich. Later known as Gabriel Segal. Um, and Joe LaRocco killed him. Uh, that being the actor's name. Yeah. In the play. Yeah. His character. Yeah. Joe LaRocco, I love. I love Ch- that. Uh, Joe LaRocco. Chuck. I, no, Charles. Or, um, no, no, no. Before he disappeared. What do they call him? Chucky or something? There was Chuckles. always like... Uh, Chuckles. Chalky. Chalky? Chalky. <laughs> it is, and I said that to you. I said, yeah, that's the same name as the drug dealer involved in Gilead. Chalky. Chalky. Yeah, and he's not the drug dealer. Yeah. He's the pimp. Chucky. Yeah. There's Chuckles and Chalky. Chalky is the pimp. And Chuck. Chuckles is the drug dealer, oh my God, or vice versa. Yeah, and he never um, talks. He just writes. He just has yeah, like a. He yeah. just has like a little blackboard. And he just he writes things down with a piece of chalk. And and I'm he assuming never that was on purpose because they're in New York. That's chalky. Was doing like a little shout out. Ch- chalky and Chucky. That, that was right terrible, actually. I'm uh, Chalky. I'm Chalky. Right, his name was Chalky. <laughs> chalky. Why was that, why was that yeah. such a problem? No, the delivery, the actor. Chalky. No. Okay. I, no, I, be great I, if like his thing is that he's always eating chocolates. I think that'd be hilarious. That's why they call him Chalky. <laughs> oh, dude. I believe in Balm Gilead, he's an albino. They reference him as an albino, and that's why he's called Chalky. Well, and that's kind of what that kid looked like. But yeah, but he's not chalky. I know. He just, she just doesn't like so the that actor. Supposed to be ironic? I think it would be awesome to. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I think I, it was probably a shout out by like Anne um, to New York writing or something. It seemed personal or accidental and coincidence or what, or as you would say, synchronicity. So, at, at what point? Because there there must have been a dress rehearsal. And then the actual, like, tech rehearsal. And then, you know, those two times where you, you were able to actually see the full play through at one at one sitting. How many times were we able to do that? We ran it through almost every performance. <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. Um, and we ran it through to music that would change. And then you guys would, however, it. I, I told you not to purposely try to match the music, but, if it, you know, to hear it and... As we were finding the play. Because the other thing was, if you ran that over and over and over and over and just straight, um, it would deaden. Yeah. And part of it is that it's so raw uh, and rough. Uh, like the characters. Wow. Yeah, just rough. And we got lucky because they torn the risers out of the theater. So we had more space. Well, no, we was had all the wood. Was it theater around? It was we, a theater around, wasn't it? No, it wasn't theater. It was three quarters. And the audience was really close. 
and it had a glass wall that someone had painted okay, black. Okay, so be a dance. It was a dance studio at one point that helps uh, with the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't know that. Someone had painted that mirror in the back black, and I thought it was a wall, which is what I was. I just remembered I had forgotten finished the story before. And so when I had told someone to throw the mug against the wall and shatter it, the entire mirror exploded. During a performance? During a rehearsal. Oh, my God. Point, I made everyone raise their hand and repeat after me. I swear, that's <laughs> never happened. I never saw this. Um, and oh, we, my God. We, we, uh, we, uh, I got, swear. We got, up, uh, we got up all the glass, and there had been a black curtain in front of there forever. I don't know why it wasn't there. Wow. Um, and we cleaned up all the glass, and we put the black curtain back. And we cleaned the glass up in the sides of the wall, too. Incredible. So it like the mirror had been gone for a long time. And wow, when, that's when, smart. when, if ever, someone noticed that mirror yeah. wasn't there, I don't know. I'm sure right. someone did eventually. Did that, that's what saved it, was the fact that it was painted in black. That was what saved it. And then the wall also. behind it was black, huh? Or did we paint it black? I think the wall behind it was like brick gray. It was the oh. unpainted wall, but there was a black curtain. What a beautiful thing. Just this little Easter egg. You know, it's like no one's going to question it. No one's really going to care. I think that curtain had probably been there when it was still a mirror. Wow. Um, and then they painted it. And then they wow. put the curtain back. Uh, and then the curtain was gone because I, I needed a foot more space because we had 20 people. So oh having a curtain that came out even a few couple feet was like not going to work. Um, and it was wow. hilarious. I mean, it was like we were all like Herman, a yeah, the, the drama to it. Uh, oh, yeah. How yeah. did you put it? Who was supposed to tell us what to wear? Yeah, so she's tell like me about our fashion. But, yeah, yeah. She was supposed to be like the fa- like the one. Did who she was, do like, any of that? Because I remember she was very helpful to me. She would. Yeah, yeah. She was helpful. Daniels. She was helpful. Yeah. yeah. No, she was like our resident historian of like like she was trying to research the era and she's like she. I remember. She, I think didn't she come in with? Uh, uh, but uh, she came up with examples of some sort. I don't know if she drew them or just showed us pictures of things. But she's like, you know, I'm imagining this kind of look for you, you or this guy or these guys or. Did you feel that as well? I do remember that. I remember she... It's like you had this team of people who were really... She was really dedicated. She yeah. uh, had come in with drawings and music, I believe, as well. Uh, and she had full sketches. And I and a lot of really... <laughs> sketches. Um, a lot of fantastic work. But when you had said she who was supposed to dress us, I, I was like, wait a minute... Uh, did she not? And I didn't notice. But, um, but no, she was very responsible. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, like the uh, not supposed, like not supposed to. Like she dropped the ball on it. But you know what I mean. Like she was, she was like the one who was oh, designated yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, she was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, no, she was, she was, she was good. She was surly. I like that. Like you, you had like an orchestration of people who were willing to go in these different directions and, and grab this information and bring it back. Everyone was so excited. I was, it was so really excited. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and the, and the whole team, everybody just kind of. I remember there was one time we all held each other's legs and we were like shouting at the audience outside the the wall, outside the the walls to come in. Oh, we're okay. shouting at them as one organism. Mm-hmm. We'd all breathe in at the same time, like you know, know like we're like growling at yeah. and uh, oh, so there was an intermission. There was an intermission. That's yeah. great. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there is. Wow. I would, I, would, I would love And that's to probably that when Ted, that's when Teddy sang at the opening of the second act before the monologue. Oh, that's the what second it was. act opens with the monologue. That's what it was. I thought, I remember thinking at the time, and this is what, I remember thinking that if, she, if, if there's a song here and it's Teddy, um, they'll listen more after because they'll have a contrast. Ooh, that's good. Because they're coming in cold. Ooh, it's that's a really good. hard that's good. in part because the audience just got back from intermission and now you're going to just have them and talk for 20 minutes. And, um... Wow, you're kind of giving them a lullaby. That like a easier kind of... on everyone, meaning the actor and the audience, is important. So, um... I'm trying to remember... I believe there is some... I don't... Were there any photos that exist of our performances? There is a great photo. Of Bauman Billiard, a cast photo. You've seen it, but 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 there are no photos from like out there in the audience. There must be. I just don't know who has them. Yeah. Um. I didn't take any because I'd love so to see the cast photo too. Filming theater at the time. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, was, I was 
I had some radical thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's what made it special. Yeah. You know, that had it like a well, that was the thing. You more yeah, explosive epicenter. Um, I felt that it was for the people that came <laughs> on that day, and that 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 particular performance would be extra special because it would never be repeated. Um, I wish I'd done that less, to be honest, uh, because it kind of because I'd like to see some of a lot of the stuff now. There's, um, I think there was a. Carter Rafiki video somewhere. Whoa. There's certainly pictures. I'll Whoa. send you the pictures. Um, I have some black and white shots from the performance. There's one, there's a great one with you standing on the desk with a tie in your head. While Ron Kroll looks up at you. Wow. And talks in the, in the scene. Dude. Uh, where Davis comes in after taking acid with Maple and the maps sing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be so fun to put on those plays again. It would be so fun. many great um, ones, and I have a space to do it in it for free, no rent uh, payment. I think something um, for like Balm and Gillian, but not Balm and Gillian, would be very interesting to create uh, if you had the right conditions. Um, and because then you can bring it out into the theater too, where you got there are plants sitting there in well, the yeah, you can you know. Like do the Tony and Tina's wedding kind of aspect where it's like, oh my gosh, who's who's a part of what and who's a part of not what? Maybe and there are other people there giving clues. And I think you can speak to um, a modern audience maybe in a way that, because no one, this is not true, I'm sure it happens somewhere, but I doubt there are that many diners in America where there is hustle and bustle 24 hours a day. Everyone knows each other. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't like each other, they know each other. All of them. Yeah. They're Except all just sort of coexisting in each other's yeah. realities. Um, just kind of being a we don't communicate like that anymore. Yeah. So I think it would be interesting to modernize that idea of a, a play where 20 people are communicating, but they're not necessarily all in the same physical space. Yeah. Though they're all in the same Ooh. physical space in the theater. No, I mean, that goes with my whole... I would love to do a play where you were doing a play where you had screens oh, yeah. where half the actors are in Chicago and half the actors <laughs> oh, yeah, are yeah. in L.A. I think I've told you about this. I yeah, think yeah. I've had this idea for a very long time. And now we, you could actually do it probably cheaply. You couldn't do it cheaply 10, 15 years ago. And um, so that's something to think about. Man, but now we're in a big world now, so too. why limit it to L.A. to Chicago? You know, why not L.A. to um, you know, Moscow? Yeah, why not L.A. to Moscow? I'm just, Moscow's big. Russia's big right now. Well, I'm thinking, like, you know, especially with projection screens Russia. and everything, you yeah. could really do crazy. Like, have you ever seen those... Those projections that they've done upon those buildings, and the building like goes rah, turns into a face, and like the the building is talking, or or it'll like like turn into like a black hole, but it's it's all projected up on a building. Um, imagine that stuff within a play too. So now they're like, you know, they're like, oh, watch out, we're going through the portal, and now you can oh, yeah. put this crazy <laughs> portal behind them where they're going, you know, through it. Well, I was amazed when we were at Universal Studios <coughs> over the weekend for their theme park their studio mm. tour I'd never done that oh you uh, went you went there for the first went, time yeah uh, their virtual reality rides the Transformers and um, Jurassic Park wow are so incredible they're so well done Whoa. and it's exactly the kind of experience that you're talking about wow. where this projection seems real wow but I can I can't imagine the amount of pixels that it takes to make that happen. That's not something you can actually do cheaply. Um, but you will be able to soon enough. Uh, but you could do this other stuff quite incredibly um, in a way you couldn't before. Wow, man. Um, and very soon, all of this wow tech will be outdated, but unused in venues because it's changing too quickly for everything to be used 
So even as things become cheaper, they'll still be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not pliable, uh, but, um, well, though, you can use them in a way no one else has before. So you can take old tech and still do something original, which you would have been hard earlier when tech changed slower. Uh, you might have an idea to use something with Atari or Nintendo, and the chance that no one else had thought of it was very slim um, because there wasn't a lot of tech around. Wow, and that would be um, interesting if you did a virtual reality, but it looked like Nintendo. That would be interesting. You get where it's, everything's pixelated where you're looking at That would be interesting, yeah. Um, the pixelation as uh, corruption of the body, right? Where reality is like much, you know, reality, reality is solid. But in the story, it pixelates uh, Man. to Nintendo. I don't know what the fucking story is about, but uh, that would be something that if you could... If you could find the story, yeah, yeah that is the story. Well, I mean, it could and be kind of like a Tron thing, short, where the kid like gets pulled into his Nintendo Twilight you know. Zone. Um, I was obsessed with the idea of Tron when I was a kid, but I yeah. never saw Tron. We had the Tron record. I never saw anything as wow. a kid. Um, but you, but you had the soundtrack. Sleep. We had a, the record, and it had the guy on the front. With and is there a girl glowing? In the he's glo- uh, uh, yeah, she's standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got is like a like, disc. Kneeling, like she might be, or something like looking up at him. She looks kind of like a cartoon, uh, like a. I remember him holding the disc at his side. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're both looking up, I think. Yeah. Uh, And there was only one song, I believe, on the record that had anything to do with Tron. The rest (laughs) were like they were from the soundtrack instead of the score, and you know that nightmare, right? Where you think you have the soundtrack, and you're like, it's the fucking score? Oh I don't even God. remember this song. And right. like, this is not what I wanted, you know? Or it's the soundtrack and not the score. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. This is not what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's what that was the word. I know Especially what you mean. The first few times when you didn't know about it and you were young. Yeah, you, know. you didn't know the difference between the words, right? I know the same well, thing. You still forget. Me. You think soundtrack and you think well, of that, great songs. Well, that's that's what I thought. There are a lot of great soundtracks, but there are more great scores. But yeah, there's some final ones. I was always proud of Batman the movie because they did. Prince did a whole. Great album. Gatsby is a great fucking soundtrack. Oh, I gotta check that yeah. out. I gotta check check out. That. Everyone. On that soundtrack is great. So is there singing like singing? Yeah, mm-hmm. individual artists. Uh, so I'm sorry, I, you were saying, and I was actually very like super interested. In Tron, the kid in the video game, uh, the man on the record. Uh, oh, that's the woman kneeling. They're both looking up at the sky. I remember him hanging the disc at his side. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes. I see what you're that's saying. That's pretty much where I um, break off. In my mind, uh, it would be interesting. What popped in my brain as you're telling me this is is how neat that would be. Is if like a painter mm-hmm. were to be able to utilize this, you know, imagine having virtual reality that looks like paint, like like you're inside of a painting. Man, it would be crazy. That would be amazing, right? Like, yeah. So everything. Imagine you put yeah, you put your hands yeah. like a, you know, and it's like, and it feels like canvas. So it's got, but softer because Ooh. you're in the painting. Ooh. Right, so it's dry, but it's not quite dry from the inside. Oh. You know, it's never quite dry from the inside of the painting. Imagine, so okay, you 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 add something like that. Plus, you put people sitting in seats at a theater. Now, while they're while you know, let's say for instance, they're flying through the flying through. Uh, they go up in a hot air balloon. They're flying through there or something, and it's all pixelated. Like we're talking, like the you know the Super Mario Brothers kind of thing. And all of a sudden, it's like turn a big on, warm marshmallow that's been woven with colored. Uh, Yarn. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, but lots of colored yarn. Like, yes. You know, there's no marshmallow that can be seen, but it's under there, and because it's covered in yarn, it's warmer. So, and that's sort of the feel of being in the painting if you push against the Ooh, wall, right? That's it's, good. Uh, that's good. It's soft, but it's rough. Are you yarn saying there would be like a cloth thing that they'd push in their hands against? No, no, no. This, so you wouldn't have actual yarn. You'd do this virtual thing where it's oh, yes, about. Yes, but this yes. is the. The, the sensation, you know, what is the, 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 the push like? What, what does it feel like when you push Ooh, on the painting from the yeah, inside? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's good. You know, because you want the paint to be rough so it's yeah. paint. Um, but you're in a painting so it should be spongy. Ooh, yeah, very spongy. Um, 
so yeah, it should, I think it should feel like um, smoothed. Smoothed is that yeah, even smoothed? Word? It totally smoothed. is. That's it going in the dictionary. Word, you know? That's it going in the dictionary. Be, it's terrible to hear smoothed. It should be smoothed. Smoothed operator. Even worse is to hear the phrase. It should be smoothed yarn. Smoothed uh, yarn. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Come get your smooth yarn. Yeah, bro. smoothed like, yarn. That sounds here, like uh, Mrs. Adolph's. Like Main a great street corner store. That was actually the name of our store name. Smoothed Mrs. yarn. Mrs. Adolph's. All right. Uh, Mrs. Adolph's smoothed yarn. I don't know if she smoothed yarn. Or smooth not. I never smooth knew yarn sounds like a Grateful Dead offshoot band, or like an, or something. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, smooth yarn. We're smooth yarn. yarn. We're the dumbest sounding. <laughs> smooth yarn. Smooth yarn. I could see it being like a one of those stupid smooth. Not that. Actually, yes. I'm going to say it. I like. I dare you. I like jazz. I you know I'm not, I won't say I'm a jazz freak. Oh, so you're going to um, say the instruments are. But I don't yarn? like. Smooth jazz at all. I hate smooth jazz. I'm no. a hater. Who doesn't now, what like if, smooth jazz? I don't. Now, what if, I don't like smooth jazz. My boss at Stork like USA. Ninety-five point five. No, I did not. Um, I didn't like. Because did whole, you did you give me flashbacks? Smooth, what it says. Did you give flashbacks? <laughs> well, you are so smooth cheesy, jazz. man. You know, is what hey, I'm thinking. Man. This is like the cheesiest thing, right? Smooth jazz, and I I get it. CD for Christmas one year for my boss, which was like the oh yeah yeah, oh I keep forgetting that it's on. Um, I can always edit out whatever you guys don't want. Credit like motor and palms. Oh dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and if you don't want to just do it the other way and go straight down and take it to palms and take a left, you can do that too. Good, good. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, cool. man. Oh, I, sure. It was so great brainstorming with you and coming up with yeah, ideas. For and sure. It was so kick-ass. I had so much fun at that party, and this is just gonna. Be- I'm just going to have a lot of great stuff to, to think about while right, I'm out cool. there. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, call me if you get lost. Okay, right. thanks. Motoring! Huh? Oh, shit. It's okay if it's upstairs. I think I left. Oh, I just want to make sure. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, no thank you. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh, man. Jamie Lee Wise. He's like a living beat poet. I've got those friends in my life. We're like these living beat poets. Um. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's, man, it's always fun. It's always fun to brainstorm. Jamie Lee Wise, he's like a, uh, he's like a, a Terry, a Terry Gilliam meets, uh, I'll just, what the hell, I'll just say it, Fellini, and, uh, wow, who else, I, I would say Lynch, Orson Welles, all the elements that make all that stuff great, throw in a little seasoning of Tim Burton too while you're at it, but anything that makes any of those kinds of aspects great, good day. That little puppy. That little puppy was wearing an entire little suit, which is interesting, which reminds me of Alan Abel. Ooh, okay. That's what we're going to do all along this journey. Things that are recognizable, things that we talked about, things that we're imagining. We're going to glue it together. We're going to make it one seamless, like these trees right now. These trees right now. I'm touching this beautiful tree right now. Wow. Touching these beautiful trees right now. I don't know if these are oak trees or whatnot, but I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you about this tree. It's growing in front of me. I mean, this thing looks like a muscly arm. I feel like I've visited this tree before, and I've recognized it in a dream. the tree whisperer. Wow. Wow. Bring out these gems. Here we go. Shine on, baby. Shine on, baby. This tree is amazing. Oh, my God. Right now, there's a sun that's peeking through the trees as the trees are... (laughs) 
so fresh out here. This feels so familiar right now. I feel this vibe. Each experience is a brand new experience that's concocted just for you. Wow. A series of little moments moving along, unshuffling. Bye, tree. Man, beautiful tree. Beautiful tree. This one looks like a Chewbacca tree. <laughs> this thing's like Chewbacca tree, Chewbacca arm. It's, a, it's one of those trees, it's like a shaggy dog. It's like a shaggy dog. There's so many little tiny, like, different alternating brown colors and just the way that it looks. Man, it looks awesome. It's like furry. You're living, you're alive. Wow, you guys. Look at this one. This tree over here, it's like one of those paper trees. Wow, it's like one of those paper trees. Like little bits of it <clears throat> peeling off the bark. Makes me wonder if that stuff hurts the tree or if it's happy that I'm getting rid of it. Get rid of that old stuff. Get rid of that old stuff. Interesting. See you later. Even you telephone pole. Interesting. So we went down this, li this list of the awesome trees. I'm looking at them right now. And then bam, here's this telephone pole. I'm going to see if I can simultaneously take a photo of this experience. I'm going to post it on Instagram. We're going to name this... Uh, Trees. The tree families. How about that? The tree families. I just took a picture. Let's see if you're still recording. Awesome. I just took a picture of it. I'm do a quick little edit. All right? I think this is, uh, so we get the true structure in there. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yikes. Yeah, bright little shadows. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Get some saturation going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That is good. Okay, we're going to put in some more shadows then. Just give me a few more shadows. Give me a few more shadows here. Give me a few more shadows. Oh, that's good. See how that blue's coming in? Oh, my God. Forget it. Forget about it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Good, good. I think it's good. You have to highlight to see the secret messages. Are there secret messages? All right, so you're you're basically, uh, I don't know if I should sharpen this or not. No, we're not going to sharpen it. All right, so here we go. We're going to call this the, uh, we're going to call it the uh, evolutionary tree family. Mother's tree family. Earth mother's tree family. That's what it's going to be called. That's it. That's all. Tree family. If you see this, I'll tell you what, if you're on Instagram and you see this, if you decide to follow this down a rabbit hole, this, this uh, okay, so, say, should you choose to follow follow this down the rabbit hole in other words check this out on instagram inspirato projecto instagram if you got an instagram i would love it if you were to hashtag i am here hashtag i a m h e r e to let me know that you were here 
with me as we looked at those trees and we took the photo that I'm now describing to you. I am here. Let's see, let's do it, let's, do, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, this will be our secret community. Gene Shepard, do me a favor. This reminds me of what Gene Shepard. Um, reminds, reminds me of what Gene Shepard. Uh, did with I Libertine. He sort of formed a, a, a subculture within the culture that was already growing. So consider this the epicenter. All right, you, you've now reached the epicenter. <laughs> you've now reached the epicenter. Here is Mother Nature once again. A tree that, that uh, the uh, Chewbacca tree growing out of. Okay, so anyway, Earth Mother's tree family. Look for that. And uh, let's see, I'm going to put the uh, hashtag in there. I am here. I'm here. That's going to be the hashtag. I want you to hashtag that too, okay? If you see that. Bamo. Good day. Hi. All right. Zippity doo Zippity A. All right. No explanation except that. Earth Mother's Tree Family. I will undoubtedly, doubtedly, um, oh, thank you. Uh, I will undoubtedly, I will undoubtedly, uh, I will undoubtedly. Um, I will undoubtedly come across many interesting synchronicities which I will share with you I will also be recording on the subway no doubt please uh, please uh, uh, make sure to thank your local Foley artist for without this uh, Foley artist of 3,000 strong these Foley artists of 3,000 strong working on every little clinkety clank every little whoosh every, every different weighted and sized tire you can imagine motor I'm looking for a motor let me go ask these nice people we're going to go into the uh, laundromat right now oh no this is a uh Dry cleaning. Let's see what they got to say about motor. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Thank you. Can I see your tattoo really fast? I'm an artist and I really like seeing the uh, art. Um, thank you. Uh, okay, so I'm looking for a street called Motor, I believe. I'm trying to get to the train. Do you Motor, know this is um, Palm Street. Uh -huh. The light is Palm Street. Uh -huh. You make a left, and the first light you'll see, that's Motor. If you want to go to the station, to the line station, you just got to go straight down. Down, Straight Passing. down Palm. You'll see the freeway, and you'll see the, the station, the metro station. Do you know, do you know how many streets I, I got to go to the metro station? To get to Palm? Palm? No, no, no. Motor. You said motor, right? Oh, yeah. I got to get to motor, yeah. Okay, this is Palm Street right here. This light. Yeah. You're going to make a left. Yeah. And the first light, one block, that's the... That's... On the light, that's motor. That's motor street. Okay. And that's right near the train station? Past motor. I would say, like, two blocks more. Oh, okay. Good, good. Okay, cool. Thank you. That was tricky to try to wrap my brain around. A brain around. This is an awesome example of uh, living moment to moment. Coming across a place here called uh, the Dough Room. Craft beer and pizza. So interesting. There's all kinds of interesting stuff happening out here in these parts.
you know, when you look around, you keep seeing these examples of these people or places or characters or anything that, that resonates with any sort of title of, of something that was familiar to you. Um, like, I just, there was an open van right there. I just walked past an open van. I looked inside. And, uh, oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course there's a building that says Alchemy. Alchemy Achieve, no, Alchemy Media. Alchemymedia.net. Remind me to check that out. They got a kick-ass bus. This looks like a bus, like the further bus. It can barely fit in there. Silver, blue, silver, alchemy. Huh. So I, I see this building. Sensory sensitivity is a sign of autism. Well, what if we scratch out autism when we say superpowers? Superpowers. Call it what it is, folks. They're superpowers. These are highly evolved minds that have advanced already in their consciousness to the next stage of creation. So, that's what it is, in a nutshell. Actually, in a pecan pie. That's what it is, in a pecan pie. Back when I was a kid. In 19... <coughs> I remember I'd be walking with Grandpapa across the prairie. You see, Grandmama and Grandpapa had this wide-open prairie that seemed to stretch on for eons and eons. And by gum, by golly, my little brother, Leonard, and my sister, Tanya, Leonard and Tanya, all those kids, all those crazy, mischievous kids. So my bro and my sis and I would go trouncing upon Mother's wide green earth. And we went trouncing and trouncing and trouncing all the way through the meadows, the prairies, through the forests. Over a frozen creek, of which I think that my pinky toe here is a bit of frostbite, but that's a side note. That's a side note. Can someone hand me a cup of hot tea so I could dip my pinky inside of it and wake it up out of its, uh, what would you call it, zombie state? Perhaps this is what leads to the zombie apocalypse, my frostbitten pinky. I'm starting to question if that's frostbite, if it's gangrene, if it's mold, or who God only knows what else. But I tell you what, we're gonna put that side story right where it goes, on the side. Hand me that bottle of whiskey. Yeah, of course I want the Jack. What other kind of whiskey is there? Thank you. Thank you. Boy. Mm. Puts a little hair on your heart there, doesn't it? Ahoy, mateys. I got some hair on my heart. I'll trade you the hair on my heart for that lovely damsel in distress. <laughs> Boy, I'd trade me my hairs on my heart for that damsel in distress. <laughs> the hairs on my heart. Oh, my God. That'd be a great, oh my god, you know what, you know what, what if we did a Jack Nicholson uh, pirate? We'd never seen Jack Nicholson as a pirate. Here we go, hardy har har, ahoy mateys, swab the deck. Don't worry, I ain't gonna hurt none of yous, even though I just overtook your pirate ship. <laughs> 
what would be a good name for him? Man, well, what if he played uh, Bluebeard? <laughs> okay, okay. Jack Nicholson as Bluebeard the Pirate. Jack Nicholson is Bluebeard the Pirate. Imagine that. We got a, uh, a narrator who has, like, acid reflux or something. He has a hard time, like... Like, maybe he just ate too many chicken nuggets, and they're like, eh. you know, you could, uh, you could kind of feel, maybe not necessarily vomit, but it feels like, oh, God, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where, like, uh, sometimes if I eat before I go to bed, I'm like, oh, no, dude, no, 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 you have to keep drinking water. Anyway, you got a narrator. Coming to the theater. There you Jack Nicholson as Bluebeard the Pirate. Bluebeard the Pirate. I love it. Mr. Sate. There's a building over there that says Mr. Sate. At first, all I saw was the mustache. It look, wow, it looks very much like our... Oh my God, that looks so much like our Yachtly crew. Oh shit. Okay, 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 okay. That's all there is to it, folks. Guess what's happening? Another photograph. Here we go. Let's try it. Here we go. Let's try it. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're gonna take a photo. Here we go. Here we go. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Here's your fun fact. The world-famous Hollywood sign was put in place in 1923 by a real estate developer. Originally meant to stay in place for only 18 months to advertise properties, it originally read Hollywood Land. The sign remained in place long after it was intended to. And in 1949, the word land was removed. Stay tuned for to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts.